0: You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 48, covering Star Trek 3 The Search for Spock, with special guest Gav Brown. Hello, friends. We're back with movie number three. Yep. And there was absolutely no one else we could get for this but Irish Gav, because this has been and always shall be his favorite movie, apparently. Hello.
1: You uh, hear my podcast? Welcome.
0: <laughs> no, that's my line. Yeah, we're just going to reenact the movie for you. Um, actually, no, we're going to recap the movie for you, and uh, I will begin this time. Uh, over the course of this podcast we've disproven quite a lot of the so-called conventional wisdom about Star Trek. For instance, Season 3 wasn't all bad. In fact, somehow beyond all reasoning, that Space Hippies episode was actually pretty alright. Also, Shatner can occasionally act, which was frankly a surprise to us all. But here's the one thing that I've been dying to blow the lid off of. The so-called odd number rule is crap. Sure, the motion picture was a bit dull, and okay, Star Trek V is legitimately terrible. But that does not make this movie bad by some weird associative property of guilt by association. Because it's great, damn it! It has everything I want in a Trek movie. Lots of Dr. McCoy, a great villain, played by the inimitable Christopher Lloyd, Shatner operating squarely within his comfort zone, and and one of, if not the, most badass Kirk moments ever committed to film. Oh, and Sarek, who's easily my favorite supporting character in the history of Trek. We get our first look at a Klingon Bird of Prey, an Excelsior-class starship, and that massive space dock orbiting Earth, as well as our last look at the original Starship Enterprise. Sure, not everything makes, you know, sense... But it just doesn't matter. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts, odd number or not. It's true. Matt? Quite right. Okay.
2: <clears throat> so, first we get a recap of, of the entirety of poor, lonesome Spock's death, so that we can so that we are ensured that we will <coughs> weep openly yet again, because Star Trek is jerks like that. Bunch of jerks.
0: Yeah, it is. Even you talking about it just made me choke
2: up a little. Sorry. <sighs> so, David and Lieutenant Savick, yes, it's her, trust us, trust us, are left on the USS Grissom, a Federation ship known for taught legal dramas, to investigate Genesis, and Kirk and friends go home to mourn their dead Vulcan buddy. A Klingon bird of prey helmed by the nefarious Judge Doom attacks Grissom, killing everyone aboard except for David and Savak, who find themselves a little baby Spock to raise as their own. Meanwhile on Earth, Bones is cracking up due to Spock shoving his soul down the Doctor's brain hole, the Enterprise is being decommissioned, and Kirk has refused permission to return to Genesis for Spock's body to give it a proper burial. Discovering from Sarek that Spock's soul and body must be returned for some stupid Vulcan religion, religious reasons, Kirk steals the Enterprise in a particularly badass sequence and fucks off to Genesis. Back on said biblical reference, Doc Brown and his crew capture Savik, Marcus, and little Spock, whom Savik totally bangs by the way in an effort to stave off Pond Far, or maybe she just gives him a handy, otherwise known as Palm Far. <laughs> Kirk and the Enterprise arrive at Genesis. Reverend Jim kills Kirk's son and forces the crew down to the planet so he can so he can send his crew up to the Enterprise. This all works fine, except for the part where Kirk blows the Enterprise up. And seriously, watching the Enterprise burn, that, uh, that cut me deep. That was a tough one. Anyway, so down on Genesis, the planet is falling apart due to David sucking before he died. Professor Plum allows Kirk to beam, uh, beam his crew up to the bird of prey. And then he and Kirk fight it out, and Kirk does a backflip, stretching the credibility of a movie where a dead alien returns to life on the surface of a, of a shake-and-bake planet to the breaking point. Kurt kicks Big Boute into a lava pit and then beams up to the bird of prey, where well, where they fly back to Vulcan, safely returning Spock's soul to his body. I almost
0: thought you were going to say where they fly back to Vulcan and they're and they're no triple at all. I actually really <laughs> thought about it. <laughs> also, uh, point of order, Big what, what What is that? What's that from? That's from uh, uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Ah, very well. I followed all your other uh, Christopher Lloyd references, but I'm uh, I, I lose nerd cred here. But uh, I don't know that one. That's good. So I've heard.
1: Uh, Gav? Right, well, I'm going to talk about the much maligned USS Grissom. <clears throat> the USS Grissom explored the wild but not too wild frontier. Captain J.T. Esteban, his rule book, and his happy crew. They'd never met a Gesius anomaly, they couldn't catalogue Sherrod's night Night every Tuesday. Then, one dark night, came in the Angry Vulcan and the Preppy. They just didn't fit. Things fit, like rules, but they didn't. They didn't like the pink upholstery or that the ship had new shields. Starfleet ordered them all to the Genesis planet. It wasn't all gaseous anomalies, but it was still an anomalous, right? Then the Vulcan and the Preppy found Spock and wanted to beam down. But that was where it all went wrong. Spock was dead. People couldn't come back to life. It says so in rule 65.4.8. Captain Esteban was relieved when they eventually went to Genesis. The whole crew was and started to be happy again. They could have charades made again, but first he'd have to make friends with the Klingons who just appeared at the stern. Maybe they'd like charades.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like this this sort of inadvertent uh, trend. We're starting with the guests sort of uh, telling the story from the perspective of the the forgotten (laughs) or the, uh, you know, the ones we don't hear from very often. That's great.
2: Oh, poor Captain Esteban and the giant stick for uh, shoved pl- shoved quite right up his ass.
0: Oh no no, that was the other captain.
2: Oh no, that no that he was the one who owned the stick that went up past ass.
0: Oh, I see. No, we got <laughs> uh, we got a, we got a lot more sort of broadening the canvas of Star Trek. We got our our first really good look at, at Klingons as we know them. We got the Bird of Prey, we got the Excelsior, we got the uh, uh the Grissom, which was like a different kind of ship. So we got like three different kinds of ship now. Just lots of lots of great stuff. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Of course, the Excelsior. Uh, all it takes is uh, taking a couple of pieces of Lego out of its engine to break it. But
2: uh... yeah, I love that Scotty basically sabotages it the same way the nuns uh, sabotaged the Nazis in Sound of Music. <laughs> basically, t- basically, stole the spark plugs. <laughs>
0: well, you know, the the more complicated they make the plumbing something about the pooping in pipes. Whatever, I don't know. the needs of the many. <laughs> exactly no I don't know this like I said in my in my summary this movie for some reason gets a, a bad rep and I don't know why because there's a lot like thematically going on here there's a lot of like Kirk has to give up everything to, to get Spock back like he you know the ship that he loves like a woman the son that no longer a douchebag like <laughs> the son career. that he loves like a son yeah no I mean <laughs> at the at, like in the middle of Rathacon I wasn't a fan of David by the end I kind of liked him and in here I really started to like him and then mm. uh, and then he died it kind of sucked yep um, you, you you mentioned in your summary, Matt, that uh, that David sucked. What was that about? Like, just because he couldn't hold him, hold his own on a fight, is that what you mean? No, no, it, it, it
2: was it was because uh, what was it? It was because uh, Genesis was falling apart due to him. Like, he, oh uh, yes, they, he's a big cheater, use... just like his dad. Yeah, exactly.
0: And there's a lot of, of the science of Genesis just makes no sense to me, and it can all be explained away by proto matter. So. Yep. Yeah,
1: like like the fact it is a it is a planet.
0: Yeah, that coalesced out of a. a, a out of a uh, nebula, a nebula, right? But it's a stable planet that's got breathable oxygen, and it's exactly the right distance from the sun. Yep.
1: With with uh, khan's charred corpse, it was very cool <laughs> Is it any wonder it fell apart?
0: <laughs> well, he, his chest couldn't be a cannon, so it, instead it was a planet. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gav, like, like I said, this is easily. If not your favorite Star Trek movie, obviously the one that you quote more often than any other, what what is it about this? Why this movie specifically? I think I mean? think
1: Star Trek Two is the best movie, but this is definitely my favorite. Is it just because it's it long is my personal watch? best? It's because it's the one when I was little, I had recorded off TV, and I saw it so many times, ah. and it's just every single word and sound of it it's in my brain now oh, i know
0: you, you mentioned it's, when you were watching it you were th- quoting the klingon in klingon
1: yeah it's not because i knew no klingon it's just because i know yeah the phonetic every, sound. every every sound in it like the music and everything yes it's just everything in it but uh, but it's a, it's a great movie it's just so, it's so many great bits in it that, that hold together.
0: It is. I mean, there's there's some, like I said, I have some serious problems with the basic logic of Genesis, and it doesn't really matter because there are so many great moments. This is maybe the first time the entire crew, except for Chekhov, but we don't care about him anyway, <sighs> but everyone else gets at least one good moment. They get one yep. moment to move the plot for, forward or just to be a badass or whatever, and it's nice. It's nice, mm-hmm. it's nice that it's gets, not just uh, the Kirk and Spock show.
2: Yeah, Ahura gets shipped off somewhere, but...
0: Yeah, that's unfortunate because she has one great badass moment, and then it's like, now the men are going to go have an adventure, and we'll meet you at the end. Yeah. They like, could have just as easily left Jack off behind.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree. the sandwiches. That would have yeah. been my preference.
0: Yeah, we didn't see that there's a deleted scene where she's got a picnic basket there and <laughs> both, like,
2: waiting for them. Yeah, then some bear from the bear
0: planet steals it. No, <laughs> yeah, it's the Mugatu. Come on.
1: Is it a <laughs> Chicago bear? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh come <laughs> <laughs> I almost said, ah, the Giants, but uh, <laughs> wrong movie. <laughs> now, there's a bit at the very beginning where, where Kirk's got a little recap uh, uh, monologue, you know, the captain's log, that kind of thing, to to get you caught up, especially if you haven't seen Wrath of Khan. Well, they show you the bits, the, the relevant bits of Wrath of Khan, as Matt says, but also he says, you know, uh, oh, we're going home and things are kind of sad. It's, it completely contradicts everything he said at the very end of Wrath of Khan, where he's like, I feel young. Yeah. Suddenly he's like, "I feel old. My friend's dead. Everyone's gone." Like, it's wow, like, that didn't take long. You got crazy mood swings, man. Like five <laughs> minutes after you feel young, yeah. no, I feel old again. Yeah, the Enterprise is like
1: the no. house where all the
0: children have gone away.
2: No, no, he's I feel he's, immediate...
1: he's, he's painted the interior of the Enterprise black. He's wearing <laughs> eyeshadow. shadow.
0: Well, someone had to take
2: over. He,
1: start, he started cutting himself. Well,
2: he started giving everyone in the, on the everyone of the bridge crew a haircut for one thing.
0: Yeah, there's only supposed to be, I mean, I don't know, as much as maybe a week between Wrath of Khan and Search for Spock, but at best, because they were supposed to go pick up the Reliant crew and they were supposed to drop some people off, like drop David and uh, Mm -hmm. Savik off, but otherwise, almost no time has passed, and yet everyone has aged more between these two movies than maybe any other. Like, all their hair is different, and Scotty's put on some more weight, and, you know.
2: Well, he's just been sitting down in engineering eating pie.
0: (laughs) Well, he's, you know, that's how he's dealing with the death of his, his nephew.
1: It's green eating. And, oh, and Kirk's Lord. grown his sideburns in a uh, Spock's ears type tribute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> plus, plus uh, Shatner was wearing a lot more eye makeup. Like, it was like season one uh, levels yep. of eye makeup, which I hadn't seen on him, you know, since season one. <laughs> so that was odd. Um, trying to think of who. Well, we saw Rand again. She had different hair, but. Yeah, uh, in like think a he's...
2: half cameo.
0: Yeah, she was like in the um in the lounge at Space Dock when the Enterprise returns looking out a window. That's yep. that's that's about what she's good for. Hey, remember Rand? Okay, moving on.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I'm I, I'm I'm consistent. She hasn't worked in Starfleet in years, you know, since the motion picture with yeah, the, the transporter. transporter incident. Incident. Yeah. Yes. So she was sacked then and she just hangs around San Francisco, probably the docks and <laughs> Space Dock when she can. Sure. Uh and then she's just thrilled to get jury service because there's a chance to wear the uniform, which <laughs> which she had to get on space eBay because she didn't have the new one. She and then and then she sees the Enterprise and it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, a minute.
0: So you're saying she bought it, bought on eBay, bought on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I have been waiting to use that horrible pun for years. Oh my god! Thank you. No, uh, see in, in Star
1: Trek, right, we can stop the Star podcast room. now. <laughs>
2: Now, see, in Star Trek, the uh, the humans never invented uh, eBay, It's the Ferengi, it was Ferengi Bay.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> and you can just imagine that random scene took a day to film for three seconds. Yeah, for her to be looking Cause, out cause, at a
0: blue screen, which would later have the yeah, Enterprise in it.
1: Because we just kept saying, no, we no, have to act better. Ugh. Better. <laughs> and then, obviously, by Voyager, she just, when she's in that, you know, just do whatever, whatever we don't care I'm now. Slower,
0: less I intense. <laughs> Not great. Um I, I was a little disappointed Carol Marcus just seems to have disappeared. Yep. I I don't know why but he she wouldn't be th- investigating Genesis along. I mean, dramatically it wouldn't make sense for David's mommy to be hanging around, but No. It seems like she's a big part of it. She should be there. Mm-hmm. But
1: um, right. she Kirk just put her in the closet in his room. <laughs> With and, that guy. And then he forgets about her when he blows up the Enterprise. Oh
0: don't don't worry about Carol Marcus. He'll have her eating out of his hands. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Or who'd be eating her hunt. Uh,
0: something, yeah. Um, I, I was a little disappointed by Robin Curtis taking over Kirstie Alley's role as Savick. Um, she's good. She plays a good Vulcan. She's just completely not the same Vulcan. She's so not the same character at all. Like,
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I liked her quite a bit, but she wasn't Savic.
0: No, and I understand they wanted some continuity between the films, but they really should have just made her somebody else. Yep. It, it really ah, doesn't make
2: sense. Lieutenant Sarick. Sar- Sar- oh, I already have Sarick sarvac
0: sarvac <laughs> <Lieutenant> Sarlac. <laughs> fresh from killing boba fett where you will
2: be slowly digested over a
0: period of a thousand years that doesn't sound so bad
1: that sounds like so that sounds like yeah
0: no i mean i i liked her and and there is that bit where spock like you know the the empty hulk of spock's body is rapidly aging and approaches the, the his first bonfire and she touches his fingers, and then they cut away, and I just, I always miss that. I don't know, like, mm-hmm. the last five years or so, I realized, oh, my God, that's what I happens. They totally yeah. did it. Yeah, at least once, but <laughs> if he's aging rapidly, then that seven years must come around, you know, constantly. So they yep. must, you know, they must be touching fingers, like, every 20 minutes or so. Oh, Savage. what, again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that seven-year itch, I can't help it. Did- <laughs> Wait a minute, you can't even speak. Oh, uh... I mean, uh, no-kill-eye. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So my my main thing, my main sort of logistical problem, and I don't want to dwell on this too much because I do love this movie, and there are a lot of great moments. But really, Sarek comes to Kirk and he says, "Okay, you got to go find my son, and like you got to find his body." Like, what what did they expect was supposed to happen? Like, what they're going to go back to Vulcan, and what?
1: See, I just think there's the great Vulcan. A uh, catcher repository,
0: <laughs> like a giant hard drive.
1: Yes. Yeah, that makes just sense. Li- just like in Ghostbusters with Walter Peck
0: <laughs> Yes, exactly. And then the Vulcan and Walter Peck opens it up and uh... yes, can I please... and all
1: the catchers get loose. And <laughs>
0: can, can I please see the Vulcan storage facility, Mister Sarek? <laughs>
1: no, you may not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why and do what you
2: want to see any... the storage you facility? Have... <laughs> is illogical. <laughs>
0: know, what is uh, logically the
2: magic word, Mister Sarek?
0: Logic. <laughs> Obviously. But no, there's... I mean, you know, like I say, there's, there's some things like that that don't really... Like, they could have explained better or try to make it a little... make more sense, but I, I don't care that much. Everyone has such great little moments. Like, there's a lot of great Kirk moments. They, they, like I said, he's really in his comfort zone now. They really aren't giving Shatner more than he can handle, and mm-hmm. he's got that smarm that... I mean, there's that great line where he asks for permission to take the Enterprise to Vulcan, or to uh, Genesis, and uh, whoever it is, the Admiral, says no, and he goes back to his guys and he says, the answer is no, I am therefore going anyway. <laughs> that's just so quintessentially Kirk.
2: Yeah, that's a it's a great but Kirk line.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just like a child asking their mother or father to, if they can do something, and then they're going to do it anyway, but it's just to get the, you know, if it's okay to do, then that's fine.
0: Right, but if not, i yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> Doesn't really matter. Screw you guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know, he's he's Kirk. Of course, he's going to do that. Mm-hmm. But there were—I mean—he had a lot of little lines like that, a lot of little great moments, and and the the drama of you know, On bastard, you killed my son, and all that. There's there's some great stuff there. There's he actually convinces me that he's a guy in pain and not just you know <laughs> a scenery chewing bad actor. Yep. There's that great bit we were talking about where. Um, so the Savick comes over the the comments says David is dead, and he sort of stumbles back. And I guess Matt was saying what that he was supposed to sit down and he. He was his supposed cue? to sit
2: down, and he missed his cue, and it just worked. Like, yeah, it looks like doing he, that.
0: He literally can't stand. Like he yeah. just he punched in the gut with this information, and it was it was a great take, and I'm glad they used it because. Uh, I I honestly think that, that they've hit on where Shatner needs to be. They they've you know either figured out how to direct him or figure out how to write to his strengths, but. He doesn't suck anymore. It's nice. Mr. Yeah, I don't
1: think there's a wrong note for Kirk in this entire movie.
0: No. No. And I also think this is probably uh, DeForest Kelly's finest hour, too. Like, he has more to do. Oh, a totally. major part of the story and a little bit more stretching acting-wise than he usually gets. Yep. He gets a lot of those nice little spots. Like, he doesn't do a Nimoy impression at all. No. But every now and then he'll get the, the delivery of a line or he'll get the, the eyebrow arch or, you know, something like that. Just perfect.
2: Yeah, there's this great scene where he uh, he gets uh, – he runs into Lando Calrissian. And <laughs> Starfleet
0: the... security, Lando Calrissian.
2: <laughs> and he tries to give him the Vulcan <laughs> nerve pinch. And when that doesn't work, he does the Spock eyebrow. And it, it, it it's subtle, but it works really well.
0: Yeah, and he does that throughout the movie. Like, there's a lot of little moments where mm. – you can tell he's sort of channeling Spock but he's also trying to keep his marbles and he plays it really well and yep. it's always a shame to me that DeForest Kelly was as good as he appeared to be and they didn't use that like mm-hmm. through the series he got you know the spotlight once or twice but mostly he was just kind of in the background yeah
1: Would you? Well, you on this one you know there wasn't Spock so they had more chat yeah. Have More time for all the other actors, really. So, yeah, because it's... Each, yep. of, each of them, as you said, have their time to... Yeah, it's usually the Kirk things. and
0: Spock show, so without Spock, you're right. They, they, the other guys have to step up. And But again, Chekhov had almost nothing.
2: Mm-hmm. Which is Which, fine. It's, what, it's yeah. only what he deserves.
0: <laughs> Although there is a bit at the beginning, and I don't think we've ever gotten a definitive answer on this, where he just randomly speaks Russian for, like, one line of dialogue. Yep. Like, at the beginning where they realize that Spock's quarters have been broken into, and he's looking at the, the monitor, and he turns to Scotty, and he... Well, Gav probably can actually quote it, but um, I'm not going to expect you to if you don't want to. But
1: uh... I can't It's like, nobody... Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, that's all right. I, I can sort of say it phonetically, but I can't remember. I know it means, I'm not crazy, well, look.
0: <laughs> but why... Scotty
1: doesn't speak Russian.
0: He's, no, he speaks Spanish. Yeah, he's...
1: <laughs> he barely speaks English.
0: He's not <laughs> Russian-y. I mean, let's not be ridiculous. <laughs> no, it's, It was just very strange. But otherwise, really, Chekhov has absolutely nothing to do, whereas... Oh, no, he, had, uh,
2: he got to look extremely embarrassing in his pink jumpsuit and Mickey.
0: <laughs> his weird little priest collar.
2: Oh, my God. He looked like Little Lord Ruler- Falteroy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a bit embarrassing.
1: It, it was white, but his mother put it in with uh, his red Starfleet uniform, so <laughs> it just came out pink. <laughs> oh, and, then it, and then it shrunk slightly as well.
0: I will say, that this may be the first time we've seen Walter Koenig's actual hair. He's oh, well, that's he's no costly. longer wearing a poofy wig that's like three feet off his head. So that was nice, at least. It's like that's, well, look, that's the best make, thing I could say.
2: We have to make you look stupid somehow. If you're not going to wear the wig, we'll put you in a stupid uniform.
0: <laughs> I do like the Kirk's off-duty uniform looked almost exactly like his Starfleet uniform. Like he he owns clothes that are so close because he doesn't want <laughs> he doesn't want to admit that he's off-duty. No, I'm always the captain. I'm gonna get a maroon jacket over a light shirt. That's just how I dress. It just reminds me of those guys I see
2: on the street all the time who just dress in camo for no reason. Yeah, exactly.
0: No, I just, I can't imagine him liking civilian life at all. He wants mm-hmm. to, you know, he wants to be out there hopping galaxies like Bones says. It's
2: like, why do I even live on Earth? I hate it here. Yeah. It's the only place I can
0: buy antiques though. I mean, he was born on, he was born in <laughs> Iowa, but he works in space. Yeah.
1: And, and his yeah yeah he had like antiques all over his, ha- over his apartment and stuff, and he even had a fire in there for some reason.
0: Well, yeah, we talked about that a little in the last one. Where you know, it, we we did like I, I think we our, sort of the consensus was that we liked his quarters. That it's kind of yeah. it kind of says a lot about Kirk that he has all this old nautical history stuff all of it. But you're right the uh, the, the fireplace might be like one step too far. Like okay, that's a little bit too antiquated.
2: And for some reason, I picture yeah. him tossing model ships onto it. <laughs>
1: Well, the Excelsior?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I like the Excelsior. I like the look of it. I like you know, like I get that it's, I get what it represents in this. You know, look, it's the new hotness. We're being replaced. You know, but I also like that Scotty was able to disable it almost instantly. But no, apparently the the design of the Excelsior comes from the the, the idea was uh, they went to the to the design department and they said, imagine like if a Japanese designer designed the Enterprise. So they gave it a bit of more of a of an Eastern flavor, a bit you know bit more like rounded corners and stuff like that and i i I enjoy that i like Mm. and and that ship design survived into next gen that was that that you see that ship constantly which means in story that means that that type of ship survived for like a 100 years so it must be pretty great Mm. of course the idea of transwarp drive like went away immediately but other than that
1: does that mean there were, like, sex pillows on it as well, oh. if it was uh, if it was Japanese? <laughs> so many
0: things. We just learned about that on our other podcast, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I heard. So many horrible, horrible things. Captain, have
2: the complimentary sex pillow sent up to my
0: room. That's why
1: that's Louis that, yeah, the captain. <laughs> yeah, that's why he liked it Yes, in exactly. that movie. Go she meet she you, is tra- th- th- This <laughs> city, she has drive. And he's just thinking, I want to see those pillows. <laughs> Which, coincidentally, is the only time Sulu has thought, I want to see those pillows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Rand standing there, just like trying to, you know, come on, look at my pillows. No, I'm not interested. <laughs> I can see your dirty pillows. Of course, the guy, that, the guy that predated Sulu, whoever that was, I don't remember his name, but the guy with the scepter. Oh, yeah. that we mentioned earlier. I think that really needs... We need to come back to that. Cause,
2: Starfleet's magician. I, I guess. <laughs> it's
0: an illusion, Commander. <laughs> Man, interesting side note, I think Will Arnett would make a great captain. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> just like a quick little cameo in the next uh, Abrams film, but I think, you know...
2: Does that mean they're going to bury Spock in the Aztec tomb? <laughs> <sighs> <laughs>
0: so many references rushing through my head right now and uh,
1: yes. just don't know I which can... one to use. Well, it could be Ashimaru one and he could do and he could have done something and then be blown up by the Klingons. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: never thought I'd miss a hand so much. <laughs> we do need to definitely talk about Christopher Lloyd though because as the first sort of official Klingon with any, you know, any, like technically Mark Lennard played the first ridgy headed Klingon but they had three lines and they died like these Mm -hmm. these guys actually had some time we got sort of the idea that they're a warrior race and they're not just evil there's there's some honor stuff going on there and I I really liked it I think as as a model for the Klingons I think this is definitely a good first start
2: yep people who are passionate about their dogs
0: (laughs) what was it Gab you said it was like bring your targ to work day or something
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> it was, um, your to work, to, and that shows why pets and workplaces don't make <laughs> And that's why you don't bring your dog to work.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, and it is completely like there was no reason for it other than here's a cool thing. But yep. there's this weird little dog, lizard, growly thing next to his throne on the bridge, which, you know, at some point has a sad, tragic death, but, you know. I felt bad for it. (laughs) Kirk, she will avenge. Yeah, Kirk's over there going, "Klingon bastard, you killed my son!" And crew just going, "Human bastard, you killed my dog. (laughs) You killed Sprinkles." (laughs) (laughs) Now, there's really no, like I said, no reason for it other than this is a cool thing, and I like that. I like that when they have a little bit of budget, they're coloring in the background a little. They're Mm -hmm. they're trying to expand the canvas. Like I said, of course, then you get that scene in the bar. Which was clearly just trying to say, "Look, yes, we've seen Star Wars. Here's our Cantina scene," and uh, not not so much.
1: But it does have that great quote, which we'll get to. It does. Yeah.
0: It, it, for some reason, your quote. No, it's it, and and there's a lot of good stuff that happens in there, and that Lando guy's pretty great. But, uh, <laughs>
1: but and tribbles,
0: uh, and, yep. yeah, yeah. Nice the bar's number. got of a course. bad
2: tribble infestation.
0: Yeah, the thing is, if you cut back to that that bar in 20 minutes, it's just wall to wall tribbles, and everyone's <laughs> suffocated. Also, you don't see him, but Cyrano
2: Jones is stealing drinks in the background. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Excuse me, Captain Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> the search for Cyrano. I have a ship you might borrow. That's that's okay. Thanks. No. Are you sure? <laughs>
3: yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's like the voice in The Simpsons. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> Which I don't know anything about.
0: No, there's it's this whole elaborate history, actually. Uh, uh, our pal Brian, who's been on the show before and will be on again. That's the beauty of it. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, I keep quoting Star Trek 4 in this. Um, I, no, he Not explained the hell that. Whales. <laughs> that, uh, that guy's from, like, he's an old comedian who was in, like, a million billion things and uh, uh-huh. and so on. But he hasn't been in Star Trek, so. Uh, no no. (laughs) (laughs) exactly um i do like that they like my absolute favorite scene ever ever in star trek like at least with kirk is blowing up the enterprise i've mentioned this several Mm -hmm. times and the in fact i put aside a couple of quotes that i was going to play no matter what in addition to the quotes that we've chosen and i want to play this here the, the the setup real quick is that um They've killed Kirk's son, he's just, he's kind of backed into a corner and he's like, I'm not giving up, there is no possible way. So he's like, you know what, beam over here, fine, but I'm going to set the self-destruct. And uh, the Klingons beam over and this happens.
4: My lord, the ship appears to be deserted. How can that be? They're hiding. Yes, sir. But the bridge seems to be run by computer. It is the only thing speaking. Speaking? Let me hear. Nine, eight.
3: Seven, six, five, 6, 5, 3, Get out, of there! Get out! 1.
0: That just, to me, I can't think of anything else Kirk's done that's been quite as badass. I mean, that's... Completely just, badass. Yeah. And everyone who says yes. this movie's no good, just... Come on! You're fucking wrong! Uh, we,
1: we, we must have quoted a bit to each other about... 5,000 times. Yeah,
0: at least. And we still do. Constantly. It's a great line. It's a, it's great delivery. It's just everything about it. It's just beautiful.
2: Get out! Get out
0: of <laughs> Speaking
2: Oh, wait,
1: I can, I can beam you out? Oh, shit.
0: <laughs> I'd say you freaked out. Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, I need someone to give me my coat. So... <laughs> He's still in mourning I over need his my... dead dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I need my transporter coat. <laughs>
0: God damn dead dog! <laughs> he was great though. Like I mean, Christopher Lloyd really. What's better about '80s movies in general? Like everything he was in, just so amazing. And this is just one in a string that that also includes, you know, Back to the Future. Basically, everything that Matt referenced yep. earlier.
1: Yeah, virtually everything he says is great.
0: Yes, and but I mean, he really he really kind of creates the template for for Worf and for all the rest later. I mean, there's a lot in there and i think ron moore and some other guys have said that,
1: that well yeah Ronald d moore said basically star trek 3 is the is the template for how they did klingons and next generation and through to deep space nine
0: yeah and and it holds up really well i think like they don't, they, they would
1: have talked about that movie so often in the writer's room
0: <laughs> they don't contradict anything from the original series like they still kind of hold true to what we have but they really build on it and like those outfits that the sort of armor coat mm. things that they have and the the birds of prey, and you know that ship, that fucking beautiful ship. Ugh. I never get sick of it. Like the folding wings, and yep. the, the fact that it can land.
2: Yep, it's
0: That's great. On it. Yeah, and it looks so completely different from a Federation ship. Like they, mm-hmm. they put a lot of thought into it. And but it, it still,
2: really it, it still looks enough like the Klingon ships we've seen that it could be, you know, like it's right. got sort of a similar design.
0: Yep, exactly. Sort it's got of in the same way
2: that the uh, like all the Federation
0: ships <laughs> sort of look the same. Yeah, I mean, they got the, got the wings saucer and nacelles. Yeah, exactly.
1: See, you keep saying it's got wings. It sounds like a certain body form, Albert, over here. <laughs>
0: oh, we have that here, too.
1: Oh, right, okay. Uh, moving on.
0: <laughs> Can you forget that not so bird of prey feeling?
1: <laughs> Do you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I give two not so bird feelings to you.
0: <laughs> yeah, just a, a bit really. A fantastic movie. Um, I don't know what else that like. There's not there's not as many complexities and and so forth to talk about like there were with say Wrath of Khan. But uh, now this
2: also it, it felt like a quicker movie too. You know, like
0: yeah, it absolutely did.
2: And I mean, I don't. I, it's probably shorter than Wrath of Khan. But no, like
0: they're also, they're all about two hours long. I mean, give or take. It, like, I mean, fifteen it, minutes it, it, plus or minus. But
2: it definitely felt like it it, it moved really quickly.
0: Yeah. Well, now and we're they, here. now we're there. Now we're over here. And that's a good thing because I mean, if you're watching a movie for two hours or an hour forty-five or whatever it was, and and you don't feel like, oh, you know, is this ever going to end? Which and is helpful. We went to five. Yeah. Yes. See, I think I think while we have Gav here, like while Hello. while you're not going to be the guest for five, you apparently can defend it. So I think maybe if you want to say a word about it now is your chance.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Because we're I just, very, there's we're, a lot of great lines in it. Okay. I'll and that and out the camp and and the DeForest Kelly, and you know the three the three Kirk Spock and McCoy just are so great together in that in that movie.
0: Well, you you were you said the camp, and I think what you were going to say is the camping scene, which I agree. The, ca- with.
1: the campfire scene is just. However,
0: wonderful. however, you could have just stopped at saying the camp, <laughs> because that's what I don't like about that movie. It, it really goes. But, ex- that's,
1: but that's what makes Superman three great. <laughs> There's so many great lines, like like Kirk, yeah, marshmallow. That's not even. uh. (laughs) And sing row 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 (laughs) row 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 row, your boat. Uh,
0: Logical life is not a dream. See, and the problem. Just lastly,
1: the 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 best line probably is Kirk saying, "I miss my old chair."
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the 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 problem is Nimoy (laughs) came on and directed this. And I think he did a great job. He also directed Four, which is also yes. a great movie. And yes. that gave them the idea, okay, great. So the, so the cast can direct, huh? Well,
1: <laughs> well, apparently, I don't know if this is true, but Shatner had a sim, the same clause as Nimoy. Really? And so if he could direct, then he should be able to direct as well or something like that. So that was why he directed Five. I
0: seem to recall the deal being, and I could be wrong with this, how I remember it from from back then, was Shatner said he wouldn't do another movie unless they let him direct.
1: Oh, right. Well, that could be as well.
0: Like, okay, you want a fifth movie? That's fine. But Leonard got to direct too. I got to get one now.
1: And then he did direct, and then they're very worried he wants no more movies yeah, after that. Right.
0: But, you know, I've tried very hard to, to match up guests with movies, like to try to get people to that can defend and, and talk well about them. But on five, I just gave up and I said, you know what? We're just going to get drunk <laughs> and we're going to, you know, trash talk this thing for an hour. Because no one, no one should defend this, and I include you in that. gap. <laughs> horrible, horrible.
1: I'm not saying it's a great movie, but I could still enjoy it. Oh, very. Yeah, I mean, but anyway, back to three. Yeah, back to three. <laughs> I love James Horner's music again.
0: Yes, yeah, it's good. I, I will say I don't quite like it as much as the, the music from two, but it's still quite nice.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's definitely excellent.
1: It's just a shame it didn't get him to do four next, uh. but.
0: Yeah, the music in four is not great, as I recall. No, uh, there's that the Chekhov chase scene that goes on and on, and the music that
1: goes on <laughs> and on. Chekhov's they comedy death. Yeah, <laughs> they
0: play the Penny Hill music while he gets shot.
1: I said it basically to, was that. Yeah.
0: We need to do like a gag reel. I think I've mentioned this before of all various Chekhov's injuries and deaths and so forth. That would be fantastic. That oh, we just now watch that was a movie I shot see. over and over again. Yep. Well, I do enjoy that. But in this, he didn't even suffer. They didn't even make him scream once. He just nope. uh, wore that horrible outfit.
2: Yep. So there really was no reason at all for him.
0: Nope. They could have brought Ahura, and at least Ahura would have been there. Yep. But, hey, whatever. I like her. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> she kicked ass in that one thing that she did.
2: Yeah, she stuck some dude in a closet.
0: <laughs> yep. And it,
1: and it, and it wasn't Takei. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor
2: no, Take. it would be Look, it would be years before he came.
0: Yeah, even though once again to quote four, he'll be saying San Francisco. I was born there. No, Like, you got to know the guys writing these scripts know it, and they're just uh. slipping things in there to make Takay say it.
2: Well, I mean, like there's a there's a scene in in this one when they are when they're breaking bones out of the uh, insane asylum where he basically looks like he's flirting with some, <laughs> some dude.
0: That's so, true. They keeping you busy. Yeah, I do like that <laughs> bit though where. Uh, or the dude's like, don't get smart, tiny. And then he, like, you know, karate chops him or whatever yeah, the hell Yeah, he and... gives him
2: the old judo flip.
0: Yeah, don't call me tiny. <laughs> so, oh, I like that. Uh, I like that he gets, you know, that that, that guy gets his comeuppance. Hey, let me just grab my big gay cloak and I'll join you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is there anything? I feel like there's there should be more sort of the big themes, but, I mean, that's, I think we've covered everything, really. Now,
2: themes-wise, this was did not have quite the big
0: themes that... No, the bi- the big thing was that Kirk had to sacrifice everything to get Spock yeah. back. It's it's that whole yeah
1: that that was that was the main th- yeah that was yeah. basically it.
0: And it's it's and I like this in anything in any sci fi fantasy whatever where it, to to resurrect the dead you have to pay a huge price. Like that was yeah. what I liked about Buffy is they had to sacrifice all kinds of awful awful things to make someone come back to life. And you I like when it's not a cheap device when when people realize that you know. No one's going to buy this this death if you're just going to bring him back with no consequences. Mm-hmm. And that, that makes it a lot more uh, real, I guess, to me. Is, you, yep. know, you can't just bring Spock back by flipping a switch. You have to do awful things to get him back. That's I like yeah.
1: that. But you kind of help things at the end, Kirk's looking, should just not bothered really? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I still have my ship, my son. And a
2: ship, a kid. I could have yeah. been an admiral still. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> What now? I hang out and on Vulcan for the rest of my life and eat asparagus? <laughs> Fuck.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. You know, if if the events of four hadn't happened, what? You know, I guess they would have gone home and and uh, and been sent to jail.
2: Well, I mean, that was what they were doing, right? They were going to go back
0: and. Uh... Yeah, they had a trial, and yeah. because they saved the Earth (spoilers), they uh, they got off the hook. But mm. had they not done mm. that, had that danger, <laughs> convenient danger, not intervened?
1: You can just imagine them sitting still on um, Vulcan, like a week after three, eating their asparagus, giving <laughs> giving Spock dirty looks, saying, "This is your fault."
0: I don't even remember what I did. And, and Spock's just there, taking his little trivia, you know, pub quiz, and not caring.
1: And then someone's put a Spock as a dick thing on the back of him, and
2: <laughs> Spock as <is> a cock. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh. No, and one of you pointed out that um, at the end we get this uplifting, like oh Spock's back, he remembers Jim, everything's great, and uh, and then we we start up at four, and no, he's still not really him yet.
2: He's taking the Blade Runner turtle test.
0: But it's it's once again it's it, the fact that you know we end a movie thinking <laughs> well at least this is okay, like at least mm. Kirk feels young, and then it's instantly contradicted at the beginning of the next one.
2: Uh, nope, turns out I feel old.
0: Yep. It turns out, well, I, I and, and that was a, that was the other quote that I had flagged that I was going to play no matter what. Is, uh, at the very end, you got this nice heart, you know, heartstrings being pulled, and, and he looks at, at Kirk, and he says this.
4: Jim. Your name is Jim.
0: And it's, it's a nice bit, but, you know, so he remembers his name, so what?
1: Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a lucky guess. Yeah, exactly.
0: Your name is Sulu. <laughs>
1: nope. Try again, old friend.
0: I never,
2: uh. ref- I never forget a face, Mister
0: Chekov.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Khan's been reincarnated yeah. in Spock's body.
0: Well, Khan was, you know, the heart of Genesis, I guess. Or something.
1: Yep, and then, and then he was reincarnated in that Klingon Targ. And then Kirk, Kirk killed it. And then it was reincarnated. It's it, it, a bowl, bowl of been petunias. Re- <laughs> reincarnated in things that Kirk kills. Yep. Design curve just gets bigger. Oh over no, there. not again.
2: <laughs> Eventually he'll be reborn as Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> yes.
0: And then Kirk will be shot at the back over a matter of $80. <laughs> Which really should have been Christopher Lloyd anyway.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I give $80 for you, Richard
2: <laughs>
0: Nice. kind of a future do you call that? <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't. You guys mentioned this. I, I wouldn't mind reading some sort of expanded fiction if it's done well about Krug. I, I liked him. I like. Yeah. I he was a good villain. I thought, you know, bit of the bit of the old Klingon honor and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, there,
2: there's more going on there. I know there is. I, and he's I, he's I'm got a
0: great speech where they're watching the, the the little demo reel about Genesis, mm-hmm. and uh, and he says something like, yeah, the, you know, yeah, that would be great. Uh, the you know the sun shining and and this and that. And over your head, the flag of the Federation. And it's just a nice, like, brief glimpse of the other side of, a, of an adversarial relationship. Yeah. You know, like, you see his point of view, like, yeah. Those guys are kind of relentlessly dickish,
1: you know? Yep. <laughs> get the
2: fuck back to your station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Never speak to me again. <laughs> You're lucky like I don't shoot yeah. you
2: with my disruptor shotgun.
0: <laughs> well, you haven't seen his giant machine that he has in his quarters to make iced tea either. <laughs>
1: There's more about that in one of the, um, you know, Star Trek uh, books. Mm. They're dealing more about about his character. Um, oh, I think nice. it's called Shaving a Haircut. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no Star Trek fan can resist the old Shaving a Haircut story. <laughs> <laughs> now, something me, interesting, Kirk. <laughs> and I, killed I killed your, your son. son. <laughs> Okay, it's interesting, Gav, um, I guess you got that, that comics collection that we've been talking about, that, you know, all the, all the old, uh, like, the DC comics and so forth. And
1: yeah, that like. came out around that time. Yeah, yeah.
0: apparently that came out after two, before they knew three was going to happen. They just went off in this whole separate alternate set of adventures that obviously couldn't happen because it's only, like, a week.
1: Yeah, they, they went back to Earth straight after uh, afterwards, and I'm just thinking, well, that's not going to count, is it? <laughs> And Savak ended up working on the Enterprise for a bit. Because, hmm. you know, because Spock was dead. Right. Mm.
0: Well, that was sort of the implication at the end there. Was they're all standing there and, okay, well, she's the new Vulcan now. She'll replace him, obviously. At least we got a spare. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, affirmative action. You have to have one Vulcan on the bridge.
0: Yep. Uh, they actually said that in the motion picture where the, the Vulcan, the original Vulcan they were bringing up yes. died in the transporter. And he says, I want a Vulcan at the science spot. Like, <laughs> that's actually true.
1: Yeah. Kurt was being... Like, opposite racist, Yeah, like
0: profiling. Yep. <laughs> I want an Asian, because he's good at math, and I want a because they're good at science.
1: So in this movie, obviously, he chooses Chekhov.
0: Ugh, because he's good at... Um... Um. <laughs> and that's why I loved Abrams. Like, one of the things I loved about the Abrams movie so much is because Chekhov did something useful. And I just, I know all of Star Trek, like, it, as, you know, in my brain. And I was like, okay, I never knew Chekhov could do that. That is, Wow. It's Finally about somebody fucking time, Jesus. Yeah, exactly.
1: I had no problem with Chekhov in this movie, but No, he just I didn't just do it. Literally I literally can't think of what he did.
0: No, you could write him out and it wouldn't affect anything at all. Nope. That's no the thing. You, you could just completely remove him and it would make no difference whatsoever. Which is disappointing. I guess we should talk about Savic because there's a lot of like first of all, I think we mentioned this before. She's supposed to be half Romulan, which is never yep. officially stated in canon, but I think we talked about that last week um but also because of the whole Ponfar thing uh, unofficially she's pregnant with Spock's child yep which is yes. i guess a deleted scene at the beginning of of Star Trek 4 so because it's deleted it doesn't really contradict anything does it still count like they've never um, they've never come out and said it didn't happen
2: i mean no. like
0: see, like I'm i mean never, never i've read expan-
2: like expanded <laughs> fiction and stuff where she where like he marries her at least for a while
0: well, and Picard once mentions that he went to Sarek's son's wedding, which could mean anything, but it's possible it means Spock.
2: Cybok's wedding.
0: Yeah, it could be Cybok, it could be, you know, I mean, <laughs> Sarek remarries a couple of times, it's possible he's had more kids. Mm. Like, there's it's not completely unreasonable, but it's possible that Spock got married and Picard was there. I mean, you know, that's established.
2: For some reason, I picture Cybok's wedding having someone stepping on a glass.
0: <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> But, um, no, I mean, I, I like the idea. Of, uh, <laughs> you're fired. Oh, so
1: the, the bit where the um, Savick and, what he, Kirk's son, that's his name. David. David. Yes, <laughs> they, they find the uh, the tube on Genesis, mm-hmm. and they open it up, and inside is just Spock's burial robe. Uh-huh. But if you think about that, someone would have had to put that on them. So the only person that would be able to put that on them really would have been Savick, you know, mm-hmm. as, a, as another Vulcan.
0: Well, yeah, on on the ship, he died in his uniform. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. So his. she would. So so she saw him naked when he was dead. Right. And then he came back to life, and then she had sex with him.
0: Yeah. Yep. She saw him naked
2: when he was Which... dead. Naked when he was a bit when he was seven, and then she had sex with him.
0: Yeah. And she she yeah. took care of him as a child. So there's a weird mother vibe there mm. too.
1: Now, now try and find me some kind of internet porn on that. Oh, I get uh, it. No. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> Upon <laughs> reverse (laughs) dead pawn four
0: (laughs) captain's log rule 34
1: better than execute order 66 that's true
2: of all the Uh. things I've ever seen in my life this was the most creepy (laughs) (laughs) reverse
0: (laughs) (laughs) but I I just I like to think that you know there's no reason to think that she didn't have his his baby I Mm. kind of like that idea for some reason I also um, like the
1: fact that she was just she just seemed a bit more angry in this movie as well.
0: Yeah, I didn't mind that. Again,
1: it just no, I didn't not... mind it. I just put it down to the being on the Grissom.
0: Yeah, and then <laughs> I'd be being,
1: people off being too. relentlessly cheery yeah. with <laughs> their pink upholstery and everything.
0: <laughs> oh, there's a there's a great bit toward the end where um, where they're on Vulcan. Vulcan looked great, by the way. Like I love the consistency that Vulcans always had this similar look. They just sort of build on it without a, actually like redconning anything. But um, you know, they get the priestess and everything, and, uh, and they talk to McCoy, and they're like, this is very dangerous, you know, are you sure? And he's, he's just got this great line, which like, I choose the danger. Yep. That's just, that's so, like, heroic, but not showy. Yep. Kind of self-deprecating, and it's just so bones. I love that. Once again, why we just love lo- these guys.
1: Yep. I just love his line next when he turns to Kirk and says, hell of a time to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure what that means. It just means part of the ass now when they, when I'm standing in front of everyone and well, we're having to do this this second. Ah,
0: yeah, okay. Would have been nice if this
2: had been raised earlier.
0: Yeah, no kidding. All right, so I suppose it's time for the quotes unless you guys have any further business.
2: No.
3: Uh,
1: no, that's probably about it. All right. As we think... said
0: with the last couple, we could, we could go on for the length of the entire movie, but, you know, I'm trying to keep this to a reasonable time, so... Mm-hmm uh plus daylight's probably breaking soon in the uk there gav so uh i'm I'm gonna go with my quote first because it's it's a bit short um this is when they're looking at the excelsior and they're kind of like sulu's impressed because it's like i said the new hotness and scotty's not impressed and he says this
4: would you look at that
1: my friends the great experiment the excelsior Ready for trial runs.
4: She's supposed to have transport drive. Aye. And if my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a wagon.
0: Which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Not really, no. If my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a corpse with wheels.
1: <laughs> but presumably, uh, so- in between movies, uh, Scotty fell off his grandmother. <laughs> and now he's just drinking all the time.
0: I'm pretty sure he's not drinking. I'm pretty sure he's eating. <laughs> My question
2: is if she doesn't have w- have wheels, does that make her a toboggan?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so many that raises more questions than it answers, honestly.
1: <laughs> and right. ironically, Scotty was the one that was most depressed about the, the enterprise being blown up cuz he had cakes stored away <laughs> everywhere. <day.
0: laughs> just stashed away like dying for days. Eating. Yeah. <laughs>
1: For days, burnt cake fell onto the <laughs> on <upon a> Genesis.
0: <laughs> Someone left a cake out on Genesis. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> All right, Matt, what's your quote? I went with,
2: uh, uh, Courage, uh, bitch-slapping, uh, Kirk.
4: Folks! Prisoners have been coordinates! And- you should take the Vulcan, too. No! But why? Because
0: you wish it! That's a very matte line. Yep. <laughs> it's a very, I'll, I'll Vulcan You. I'll, I'll take your Vulcan. <laughs> Alright, and Gav, but what, uh, but you, you win. why? With...
2: Because go fuck yourself!
0: <laughs> okay. Gav, then. you went with an entire scene for some reason.
1: Well, you didn't let me to do the entire movie, right. so I went with uh, an entire scene of, uh, Dr. McCoy trying to get a ship back to Genesis. your planet, welcome.
4: I think that's my line, stranger. Oh, forgive. I here am new. But you are known being McCoy from Enterprise. You have me at a disadvantage, sir. By name not important. You seek I. Message received. Available ship stands by. How much and how soon? How soon is now? How much is where? Somewhere in the Mutara sector. Oh, Mutara restricted. Take permits, many, money, war. There aren't going to be any damn permits. How can you get a permit to do a damn illegal thing? Look, price you name, money I got. Place you name, money I name, otherwise bargain, no. Right, damn it. It's Genesis. The name of the place we're going is Genesis. Genesis? Yes, Genesis. How can you be deaf with ears like that? Genesis allowed is not. Is planet forbidden? Look, backwards friend. Genesis may be planet forbidden, but I'm damn welcome. Sir,
3: I'm sorry, but your voice is carrying. I don't think you want to be discussing this subject in public.
0: Oh, well. Genesis! <laughs> Walking high. Walking <laughs> high. <laughs> uh, Genesis is planet forbidden. Rock. <laughs> The search for Brock. <laughs> All right, my alternate title for this: Spock's Brain Two: The Genesis Initiative. Matt, I went with the search for Spock's keys. <laughs>
2: Kev.
1: and, and Chekov's credit cards. <laughs> I went with uh, Doctor McCoy: The Motion Picture: The Revenge of Spock.
0: Nice. Actually, you, you had a you had a rough draft version that I saw too, which which I quite uh, liked as well.
1: Star Trek two two, uh, the, the Rath- Wrath of Krug. Right,
0: I just like Star Trek two two.
1: <laughs> well, it just avoids the necess- you know, the fact that two or the motion picture exists.
0: Well, that and it also it sidesteps the odd number rule nicely. No, oh, it's yes. <laughs> three. It's two two, and then we go to four. Yep. Yeah. Right. And
1: then and then obviously five.
0: Uh, obviously, <laughs> can't wait for that. Fortunately. Fortunately, next week we're still doing another good movie, and uh, yep, we actually have a new voice joining us. Um, Indeed, we will. Our pal Aaron, aka Din, will be joining us. Um, get a, a lady's perspective for a change. Apparently, she's uh, quite hot for Spock, so that'll uh, that'll put a nice spin on things.
2: Damn, that would be a good alternate title for this one too. Hot for Spock, Star <laughs> <laughs> Trek Three. Hot for Spock.
0: <laughs> if we gotta ask her what she thought about the whole Savic thing, she might, she's probably none too pleased about that. Uh, odds are pretty good. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I actually... Source of the goose, Mr. Sark.
1: The odds would be even... (laughs) I was actually
0: a little disappointed we couldn't get her, uh, like, we we didn't know her very well while we were doing the series, because I I found out somewhat recently that she's got a huge crush on Spock, and uh, it would have been great to get her for, like, a mock time or something, but, uh, you know, better late than never. He's definitely got a lot of good moments in that one, so... Well, Gav, we will always appreciate your uh, your presence, and we'll we'll talk to you again soon when we get to next gen. I'm sure. Indeed, we will. Which one do you did you choose? Do you remember?
1: Uh, I think the one with um, Wesley. Oh, Justice oh. Wesley on the planet thing. Oh. Uh, I don't particularly like it, but I've just decided to pick shit one from now on. <laughs>
0: well, it's season it is, one, it is easier. it's easier. Season one of next gen. <laughs>
1: uh, well, there's not much in it.
0: Yeah, it's better than a lot of people remember, but it's not good.
1: No, I was tempted. Uh, to ask for the season 2 clip show but i think someone else got <laughs> it. I don't
0: I don't know how anyone's going I I figure we could just do a clip show.
1: Like, well that's what you should do. <laughs> why should we, we do a commentary?
0: We should just like present, you know, 5 minute segments of our yep. previous commentary.
1: Well that's what I do if I was doing my Star Trek Voyager blog thing. I just cut together stuff from other stuff.
0: Oh, hey, well, that that was a nice segue into a into a plug. Uh, oh,
1: oh, oh <laughs> what's the, what's the link? Why it's sickbaycheese.blogspot.com. Uh,
0: now endorsed by a celebrity, apparently.
1: Apparently, oh, really? the guy who created yeah. Invader Sim reads it.
0: Yeah, Jonah Vasquez is apparently a fan. Oh, wow, no way. Yeah, that. Well,
1: on was. a journal, he he put the link in. Oh, cool. He, you know, he just but yeah. Yeah, Is that good?
2: Fucking phenomenal! Yeah, I like Yonan Vasquez,
0: so go for him. Yeah, I know you do. And uh, and of course, your uh, I, I consider it a companion podcast. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> f- uh, making your way through Doctor Who, the uh, drunken time travel.
1: Yes. Uh, I think we're due to be hosting the next one on the Thursday after this podcast. Ah,
0: fantastic! Wonderful. So look forward to that. And that is all from us until next week. um, Matt, take us out. Uh, See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2011.
1: Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.